Hey friends, it's John Jay here with another One Block Talk. We're going to talk about the book of Deuteronomy today. Deuteronomy is the last book in what we call the Torah, the books of Moses, or the first five books in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible. Deuteronomy is what we call it. Uh, in the English language, in the Hebrew language, the title for this book is Devarim, which means uh, these are the words, or these are the sayings, or these are the speeches. It's a great title because the book is a set of speeches given by Moses on the plains of Moab as they are about to enter into the promised land. It isn't simply, though, a retelling. The other way you might understand the book of Deuteronomy is like uh, the law told again, or a, a second Torah is not a great reading. It, it is a recasting of everything that's happened before in a very specific style and genre of speech making. And you have here uh, these like really impassioned pleas from Moses to the people. Now, however, one of the things that the story does is it, it sort of shifts time. So it doesn't tell it to us like it happened a long time ago. The way and the force of the language in Moses' speeches is a kind of immediacy. And that immediacy, it pulls the reader in as though we were sitting on the plains as well listening. And so it says at one point, like, all of you here were present whenever God showed up and freed us from Egypt. Now, that's not exactly true. Uh, a lot of the people in that story in Deuteronomy may not have been present in Egypt, and yet there is this kind of uh, present reality that time compresses, and even uh, us as readers, we're not simply looking into this story or this this covenant making, we are participating in it. And, and that's a like a rhetorical device that, that Deuteronomy employs. Now, Deuteronomy includes what we would call something like an act-consequence model of the world, which is a very ancient way of understanding uh, fate and understanding punishment and all of those sort of things. And what it means is uh, that, that there are certain corresponding actions or uh, consequences that pair up with certain kinds of actions, particularly... And this is where you start to get into some strange theology later on, that if you do good, that good things will happen, and if you do bad, that bad things will happen. Now, life is more complicated than that, uh, but also there is some truth to that, right? I mean, like, you know, if you rob a bank, there's a good chance that you're going to get shot or you're going to go to jail. That's just like a consequence for that action. Uh, and so whether that is like a divine consequence or whether that is just kind of the natural way the world works, Numbers dives into that. And it uses the language of blessings and curses. Like I, Moses says, I set before you today blessings and curses. And you can choose. You have an option here about which path you take. Over and over again throughout the Hebrew scriptures, we watch the characters, humanity, choosing uh, the wrong path, choosing what would be something like curses. And if you continue to read through the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament, you'll move through the monarchy period into the dissolution of Israel, first split into two uh, nations, north and south, and then dissolving into captivity in Babylon, and the prophets show up. And what they say is like, you were told, you knew the consequences for whenever you wandered off from God's presence. 
whenever you flirted with other religions, whenever you oppressed the vulnerable in your communities, whenever you did not honor the land, whenever you didn't honor your Sabbaths, like you knew what was going to happen and now it's happening. Deuteronomy sets up the conditions for that sort of unfolding tragedy that will be part of Israel's story. Now, there's a really important part of Deuteronomy that I carry with me all the time. It's from Deuteronomy 6. It's known as the Shema. The Shema is probably one of, if not the, kind of central faith claim inside Judaism. And uh, it's in Deuteronomy 6, and it's the part you might might know as, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. In Hebrew, it sounds like Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, or listen, uh, the Lord your God, and then the Lord is Echad. Echad is this important word in the Hebrew scriptures that means unity or wholeness or completeness. Uh, It also is the word that gives birth to the idea of monotheism, that there's only one God. And that that verse takes place right after that is, uh, and you're supposed to love this God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your muchness, with all your, your strength. Uh, and that becomes a central part of Jesus's teachings as well. And that all takes place in uh, Deuteronomy. Now that language of Shema Yisrael, listen, O Israel, it reminds us of an, another important fact inside of Judaism, which is that uh, this religion, this interaction with the divine is mediated primarily by hearing, by words and communication, not principally by sight. The beginning of the Bible in Genesis, it starts with God speaking words, language that creates a world. In Exodus, when that world begins to fall apart with the golden calf, it's because the people are seeking out something that they can see. Because your sort of cosmic reality balancing on whether or not you can correctly hear the divine is not necessarily the most obvious way we would want to interact with reality. We would much rather, and we do in fact, privilege sight over hearing. And yet in Deuteronomy, you hear this language of, you have to to listen closely. Now Jesus will pick this theme up and he'll say like, if you have ears to hear, then hear. Uh, Or if you have eyes to see. And so even then you see Jesus keying off the same kind of idea. Jesus shows up as the word in flesh from John 1 and also then becomes this kind of illumination of the world Uh, all of that is queuing back into Deuteronomy and then the only other thing I want to say about Deuteronomy now because we are out of time and I've walked the block plus a few steps is that memory plays a super important role in uh, the book of Deuteronomy over and over again you get the language of Zakhar or to remember well Because if these people forget their central story, that God rescued them, then they will start to think that they did it themselves or that some other God rescued them and then they will wander away. That this remembering is supposed to spark for them gratitude. And gratitude will then lead them into the place of faithfulness. That they would trust God and that they would trust that they are held safe and secure with this God. Uh, Getting that, a good remembering that leads to gratitude, is key to a life well lived into the future. And forgetting that is the beginning of all folly. All right, friends, I'm at the end of this walk. Uh, It's been good to talk to you. We'll uh, jump into something else soon. Uh, This has been Torah wrapped up. Uh, Grace and peace. See you soon, friends. Bye.